Hello, and welcome to Diz After Dark, a Disney podcast of grown-ups that's not the same as all the others. Each episode, we'll discuss the latest news from both inside and outside Disney parks and resorts, but with an adult twist. All views and opinions are our own, and listener discretion is advised. Please lower your safety restraints, as things may get bumpy. But if you're ready, we'll get started. Hello and welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I'm Nick and this episode I'm joined by my two favourite pools, because we only have two pools, uh, Mr Dolan and Mr P. Does Paul Washington. Howdy. Hello. I thought I'd try and just jazz it up a little bit. Yeah. Too standardised. Bit um, of jazz fingers. These are not spirit fingers. Um, <laughs> this... <laughs> Uh, anytime I get to quote, bring it on, I'll take the opportunity to. Uh, 36 straight, and I'll bring it on. And uh, if anyone wants to, well, good. If anyone wants to take, take that as a sound bite and do something with it, you're more than welcome to. Um, but we're actually recording this a couple of days late. You'll know this because you'll, you'll be listening to this a few days after we would normally release an episode. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a, a bit of a funny week trying to get people together. Um, me, I was a problem on Monday, um, and well, I, I think a few of us are busy Monday when we normally would record, and uh, we're trying to get podcasts recorded and uh, just stars aren't aligning. So um, don't worry, everybody. Podcasts will be coming out. They're just uh, taking a bit longer than they should do. But uh, there you go. So we're recording this on Hump Day, Wednesday. Um, how does everyone feel about that? Does everyone feel a bit unnerved or...? No, but, just, but unusual. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Little Tom Jones. Oh, fair enough. Um, but yeah, we're going to do our, our usual. We're going to talk about uh, news in the parks and outside of the parks. But we really shouldn't start talking about anything else before I ask the important question of the day, which is, of course, what is everybody drinking? So, Mister D, what are you drinking? I am about to drink a pink. Gin and tonic. Gordon's pink Gordon's. gin and tonic. Yeah. My wife. Cheers. Sorry, sorry. How rude of me. My wife drinks uh, pink gin, normally Gordon's, and lemonade because mm-hmm. she doesn't like tonic water. I just don't. How do you not like tonic water? I don't yeah, get some it. Some people don't, I guess. Well, what it's on. It's, it's all right with gin. Yeah. But, mm. I couldn't drink a lot of tonic water on its own. Anyway, I've got pink, and then I've got regular on standby. Ooh, fancy you. Yeah. Um, speaking of fancy people, P-dubs, what are you drinking? <laughs> not, not fancy at all. I have got an orange and mango squash. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's actually quite a tropical night, because I have got... Um, well, I haven't got a glass next to me, but I've got a bottle of uh, Rubicon Sparkling Passion Fruit. Although, I'm just looking at the label. It said sparkling passion. So, what does that mean? Why does it just say passion? Uh, I haven't got, yeah, I haven't got the fruit in it. Yeah, well, that's what you think, but it does, but the ingredients does say passion fruit juice from concentrate. So, I don't know. It's suitable for vegetarians, though, which is nice for a fruit based drink, I suppose. You would talk so, wouldn't you? Yeah. 
nice, nice bit you of ham in the bottom. You well, kind of worry. Yeah, you kind of worry if it wasn't suitable for vegetarians, wouldn't you? Funny you say that because um, my wife said to me today, oh, we're going to have uh, carbonara for dinner tonight. I went, oh, okay, fine. And uh, I went and got the sauce out of the fridge in the morning. I thought, has she got the right one? And uh, of course, she's bought carbonara sauce with bacon in it. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, did you not look at this before you bought it? And she went, no. I said, it's got bacon in it. And she was like, oh, why would it have bacon in it? I went, because it's carbonara it's sauce. Carbonara. <laughs> yeah. but, but then saying that, I mean, to be fair, I when I used to make carbonara, I would always cook bacon and add it to it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I probably wasn't paying attention to if the sauce uh, had it or not. But, uh, but there you go. So I had to go out and get a a replacement version I'm but, looking forward to the day when you know how you get fruit in the supermarkets it's got like a little sticker on it mm-hmm. um, you know just saying what, it, what it's from or whatever I'm looking forward to the day when they've actually got a little sticker that they put on like vegetables so suitable for veg- vegetarians uh, you know what it would not surprise I think, me I think that's where we're heading yeah well there's that thing at the moment isn't there I know there was that video going around where um, they were saying avocados aren't vegan uh, I don't know why I didn't watch the video, but it was on it was on QI, um, and I, I I don't know some some nonsense with that, but uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the next step in in labelling. But uh, but there you go. Right, let's go to our first segment of the week, which is looking at what's going on in the Disney parks. The Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys to find great prices for your next Disney holiday as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations. Contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media. Mention Diz After Dark for a $25 off your deposit. It is the smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. So, who wants to kick off? I've got a few stories, but I'm happy to hold off. Yeah, I can kick off. Not not on a positive uh, story, unfortunately. So there was a guest arrested in the Magic Kingdom for groping a Disney princess. Allegedly, it was um, Ariel. And uh, they've named and shamed them. So Brian Sherman is a registered sex offender. And he's a, I think he's a, an Orlando resident. And uh, he was, uh, he, he allegedly, I don't even know if it's allegedly, but allegedly... Um, groped one of the Disney princesses during a photo uh, shoot, so I, I, you know, I mean, great, I guess. Um, in the presence of his wife as well, so uh, Jesus. she was uh, the, the, obviously the cast member was upset and shaken and uh, they shut down the uh, meet and greet and uh, I guess they called the sheriffs and uh, took the guy away. So, I mean, I mean, I don't. I obviously don't know what it's like in America, and I know states have their own uh, different uh, laws and stuff like that uh, at times with this kind of thing. But you know, in the UK, if you are a registered sex offender, um, you know there are certain 
places you can't go to and there are you know you, you you've got to be a certain distance away from mm. certain things like schools like mo- most have uh, you know you're not allowed within i don't know 200 feet of a school or, or, or something like that so bearing in mind that the majority of, of people that go to theme parks and especially disney uh theme parks are families you would have thought that he probably shouldn't have been allowed to go there anyway if, if he's actually a registered sex offender yeah it's an interesting one isn't it mm. um, how, you know how far do those restrictions go to mm. things like theme parks yeah I, I, I don't know any listeners um mm-hmm. or bald phil i don't know if you know with your your orlando podcast um but uh yeah i'd, I'd just be interested to to find out um mm. dubs any any thoughts on this no, it's it's not the first time I've heard of things like this happening. And, and Ariel seems to be a, a target with this. And anything I, I can think of is, is obviously they do wear a costume that's a little bit OTT compared to a lot of the other princesses. And it seems to attract the nurses. Do you Do you think it might have anything to do with uh, We Wants the Redhead? Possibly. She does have red hair. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm trying to make like a, a horrible story. You know, there's no getting around from it. You know, it's it's awful. Um, I've just come back from not just come back, but recently come back from Disneyland Paris, and because we took my daughter there, uh, so she could have a, a nice few days. We did a lot of princess things because normally if we go, if, well, if I go, I don't do many character minks anyway. Um, but if we go as a family, my son has no time for princesses. Um, he definitely does want to queue up for them. So we made sure on this trip that we did as much as we could with, with the princesses. And I do find it a bit awkward sometimes having my picture taken with princesses because I don't know where to stand or how to stand. Um, I, I had a photo taken with Rapunzel last year and she made me put her arm around her, which, you know, and I had no problem yeah. doing that. Don't get me wrong. But what I mean is, is I kind of had to be coaxed into doing it by um, the princess because I just yeah. don't know, you know, what the official etiquette is. But you do get, you well, do get people that go in for hugs and stuff like that. And I suppose there's nothing wrong with that. But Yeah. There was, I mean, the, the article that I read did say, you know, whether this is only in well, Disney World or the American parts, but it said that with face characters, the etiquette or the rules are that you shouldn't put your armour on them. Because that's what this guy did allegedly. Right. Put his armour on her and then reached down and groped her breast. So, um, but but obviously with the non-face characters like Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and Eeyore, you know, they, they definitely hug people. When we went to, we did one character meal when we were there recently. It was 1900 Park Fair and yeah, the, the non-face characters are, are definitely hugging. Mm. Um, so we had Piglet, Eeyore, no, sorry, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Um, but then the face characters, you know, they don't they don't hug and they don't tend to put their arm around you or whatever. But like Mary Poppins, I think she put her arm through my daughter's arm for the photo. Yeah, she did the yeah. same with me. Yeah. yeah. 
which you know makes sense for the character. And I yeah. suppose if you think about it, um, because I gave I gave Stitch a hug, mm-hmm. and that was the first meet we had. I think was Stitch, and um, I suppose with those kind of costumes, you can't you're not really getting near to the person. Yeah. So I suppose. It, the, the the chances of anything like that happening are, are, are like none because yeah. like slim's none but probably just none because you've got this big frame around you uh whilst the face coaters don't have that level of um protection so it makes sense it mm. does make sense i get that um yeah but uh yeah well i suppose the only <laughs> the only positive thing of course is is they got the guy um, and it's it's been it's been taken care of, but uh, yeah, it must be must be you know just just devastating for uh, the princess because you know they they must really enjoy their job and bringing joy yeah. to people's faces and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and it just it just takes that away, doesn't it? You just lose absolutely. a bit of kind of faith in in people, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, to taint something like that. You kind of want to be sort of innocent and, you know, free from that kind of stuff. Well, look, I, so, think, yeah. I think we I started off on a... For yeah, I, I think we've started off on a, on a down note, so... Yeah, let's pick it up again. Yeah, so I've got a nice comedy story for everybody. Um, Donald Trump is going to be attending a fundraiser. I thought you were going to pick his up. Jesus. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> so he will be, um, there is a Republican Party uh, statesman dinner, uh, a fundraiser that will take place on the 7th of December at the, uh, the Grand Floridian. Mm. So that is happening. Uh, he'll be obviously in fairly close proximity to his audio animatronic. Mm-hmm. nearer than he's been for a while well, probably nearer yeah. than he's ever been actually thinking about it um, so or the closest he's been to his rival Hillary is she oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I was a bit slowly up so there yeah <laughs> Hillary the wig um, so uh, did you, I didn't realise this they've got a it's or sorry the Grand Floridian has got an 18,216 square foot ballroom Ooh, that can well, at- accommodate up to 2,000 guests. Yeah. yeah. I've never been there. No. I guess that's for patients. <laughs> we'll run that out for the next podcast recording. For yeah, we'll need up. it. Yeah, we'll yeah. need it for the next meet. Yeah. Well, just to get good acoustics. <laughs> to fit I everyone know. in, Mr. Dale. <laughs> You'll get awful acoustics in there anyway. You'd have to have like spare speakers and all sorts. Um, yeah, I mean, I is this usual? I don't think I've ever encountered uh, a president going to to Disney World for for a fundraiser. So is, mm. is it something I've just like ignored in the past, and I know about it because it's Trump? Or effectively, it's just a continuation of my story, really. Isn't that another sex offender at Disney World? <laughs> I didn't allegedly, allegedly, he's not been charged with it yet. Uh, but that is that is the that is the thing. Um I mean, I you know, I, I, the reason why I bring it up, I think more than anything else, is because 
uh, I don't know what the impact is going to be on that date to the result. You know, I, I've got no idea if he's going to try and go into the park, uh, if he's just going to the Grand Floridian. But what you have to understand, when you've got a, a, something like this, a, a situation this big with a president, is that they don't just turn up in a car. You know, there'll yeah. be convoys and extra security, and there'll be a lot of commotion about the whole thing. So, you know, if you're a guest at the Grand Floridian, it could really impact your plans. Um, but, I, you know, I don't, just don't know what it's going to do to, like, traffic in the area or anything like that. So this is more of a warning that this is going on on that day. Um, and, you know, I, you know, personally, if I could, I'd avoid it. <laughs> and that's not a political... I'm trying to make this sound not political, because it's not. Um, I was trying to make it <laughs> yeah even even though i have my own feelings on him i'm not saying it's for political reasons but just but it could really uh call, have an impact on on your stay there or your time there so yeah if it was if i if i could avoid it if i could go another day or a day after or something like that i definitely would because that day could be really really busy so and around that time because it doesn't say if he's going to be staying there um, if he's just going there for the night and then he's going to Key Largo or something. Um, what's, it, what's his place called? Key Largo? Not Key Largo, is it? I mean, for all oh, I know, he could be going to... <laughs> well, he could be going to... Uh, he might go to City Walk afterwards, play a bit of golf. Uh, or or yeah. Fantasia Gardens, that's obviously... Even when the summer line, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, could Yes, so there you go. So just a heads up. Um, well, look, it, it sounds like we've had two new stories that have been uh, a bit of downers. So P-dubs, pick us up from this glass case of emotion that we've managed to dig ourselves into. I have actually got a good story. Um, what are you saying? I, well, <laughs> <laughs> we've, uh, I don't think Jimmy we spoke Savile's about it. Jimmy Savile's been a fundraiser in the contemporary. <laughs> It's been a a while. (laughs) Now then, now then. Keep going, P-Dubs. So, uh, I don't think we talked about it, because obviously the last episode you guys did a a trip review of your trip, Mr. Day. Um, But there was all the talk of the the fuel rods um, Mm. being charged. uh, That they were going to put it up to three. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, kind of. Um, (laughs) That they were going to start charging $3 per... Um, exchange um, they've actually decided not to go ahead with it because of the complaints they had um, yeah. so they will continue to be free uh, yeah. I do think it was a bit ridiculous that someone filed a lawsuit about it Yeah, yeah um, so. I was like oh for god's sake just go and buy a bloody charger from a shop <laughs> have two instead of having one and just chucking it in a machine each time it's just like, you've got to be kidding me over a, a bloody thing that you can buy half the price in a shop. Um, but yeah, yeah. They've, they've decided to not go ahead after the complaints. Uh, I believe that Fuel Rod said that they were only charging a dollar per uh, exchange and the rest was Disney's choice as to how much they were going to charge. Um, so the extra $2 was going to Disney. Um, but because of the complaints, they've... Um, Banjax that 
<laughs> not doing it. I I can't get my head around this. Um, I mean, the suing I completely understand because let's be honest, if there's one thing that Americans like to do, it's sue. Um, they do. I mean, not not all Americans, obviously. Um, but my God, you've only got to watch TV for a bit out there before someone and, trying and to hopefully get you to not the something. ones that listen to this podcast. Uh, they might sue me. Um, my name is Craig Lucas. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've been taking a phone charge, or sort of, not a phone charger, but like a, a battery pack with me to, to parks and, you know, days out and stuff for about two years. And I thought I was quite late to the game. Now, my battery pack um, on a full charge, which is probably overnight, will get me four charges four full charges of an iPhone. And, you know, I'll charge various things using that device. It won't just be my iPhone that I, I charge. Um, but even if I'm, if I'm away, they only need to charge that thing maybe twice while I'm away, depending on how many days I am away for and, and how many devices I'm actually connecting. Um, you know, they, they last quite a while. So, why are we still relying? And also, the other thing is, it's not big. It's about the size of an iPhone. So this isn't like a big, bulky thing you're carrying around with you. So what is this reliance on fuel rods, which I, I believe it, are only one charge anyway, aren't they? I know, but the, it was a scheme one that, if I, um, if I remember rightly, and I, I might not have it right, but I thought you paid a one-off fee. I think it was $30. And then, and then you could exchange them in the parks at the machines for mm. free. So, so if you you know you take your fuel rod, you use it during the day, but but rather than carry loads of them around, you then just go to a, a machine and you change it for a fresh one. Yeah, and I I get that, but mm. my God, how many times do you need to charge your phone up during a day? Oh, I don't know. I mean, when I was there last week when i was at disneyland paris last week i think i might have charged my phone towards the end of the day but i'll be taking photos i'll be taking videos uh i'll be using it to surf and check emails and, and whatnot when i'm queuing up so it wasn't that i wasn't doing anything with my phone all day it was just in my pocket it was being used mm-hmm. um i just why why you need to charge it probably more than once while you're there and also the other thing with this is, you know, you're, you, you exchange them, right? It's like you say, you take it to a station, you get a fresh one out, you charge your device, whatever. There's got to be some maintenance cost involved in that. Yeah, I, I guess it must be, yeah. And what's the state of them? You know, not everyone treats things in the same way. So I always, you know, I, I, you know, I try and take pride in, in things that I own, so... I'll try not to scuff things and I'll try not to throw them on the floor. Um, not everyone is, is as careful as that. So some of those fuel rods must be pretty beat up. I'd be surprised if they weren't. Mm. So, you know, and I don't know when you, when you buy something, are they, are they contractually bound for a certain amount of time to offer you this kind of promotion or, you know, for for $30, you can buy a battery pack that will hold, you know, loads of, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight charges of your devices. And you don't have to exchange it and get a dodgy one back. 
that's yours to keep forever. You can charge it whenever you want. You can use it whenever you want. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. It seemed like a great gimmick to start with. Um, yeah. But when they put them in at Universal, straight away they were charging for the for the exchanges. Mm. And Disney obviously saw that and thought, right, well, we'll follow suit. Which you can't blame them. No. So, and they have been going for, what, two, three years now? Yeah, easy, yeah. I know a lot of people got the hump because they, they bought them when it said all oh, your your exchanges will be free, but it happens. Times change. Disney charge more money. That's that's the game. That's it. Yeah, and like I said, like, you know, it's got to be maintenance costs. I mean, a battery pack, I said, you could pay like 10 15 20 $30, $40 maybe for a decent battery pack. Um, and, and that's yours to keep. This is something that you exchange. So... Yeah, I, I understand it saves you what it should cost for an exchange. I get that. But I just don't know why you just wouldn't buy your own one, which you can keep forever. You don't have to worry about exchanging it. Mm. I, mean, I mean, what you do, can you use it at home? I guess you can. Yeah, you can recharge them. Yeah. It, it is basically like a, a normal battery pack. So, but... <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Like, I just don't understand why you just wouldn't buy a battery pack that like has a higher capacity, and it's half the price, and at faster speed. Yeah, yeah. and you're not exchanging it because that's the thing. Like, then you're you're it's never your like you never have the one you bought. Mm-hmm. If you buy a brand new fu- fuel rod, you don't keep that fuel rod because you're exchanging it for another one. So yeah. I, but yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. I, you know, I can see the backlash. I reckon Disney will try and spin it, give it, give it six months to die down, like this, this initial outrage, and then put a statement out saying that you know things are about to change, and you know, starting in in three months' time, we're going to have to charge you for this or something. I, I, I can't see them holding off forever. In charging, no. if everyone else does, they will find a way of doing it. Maybe they just need to fit the narrative better. With it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So at least, I guess for those I've got fuel rods, Disney have backed down from it. Mm. Um, shall we talk about Mickey's very merry Christmas party? Let's. Yeah. Yes, let's. Starts on the eighth of November. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, but the um, they've already put a lot of the Christmas decorations up already. Mm. Yeah. Don't think they're all in yet, but you know, straight after Mickey's not so scary, they started overnight changing changing things. So yeah, uh, it's going to look quite festive. Um, in fact, I know someone's just flying out there now, so it'd be interesting to see if I can get uh, her to send me some pictures of what's going on um but the other thing as well just to know about the, the very merry christmas party is that there's already a few dates that have been sold out yeah i'm not sure. yeah so if you are uh sitting on the fence about whether or not to to go make a decision people because you might find the time you want to go is 
sold out or close to being sold out. So just yeah, bear that in mind. It's kind of odd. I think one of the one of them was like the eighth of November, something like that, the next couple of days. But then there was one, I think, the 24th, where you, that kind of makes sense because that's about Thanksgiving, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's probably, well, it is a busy time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I was surprised at the earlier one. Well, I, I suppose the earlier ones will probably set out a bit quicker because, especially the first night, because you will get any bloggers and bloggers mm. wanting to be there to get yeah. the scoops. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, they'll all be stood next to each other getting the same scoop, but, you know, they'll be first to do it along yeah. with everyone that stood next to them. But, uh, you know, you can't have FOMO. So I get why that one is sold out. And mm. I'd, I'd be surprised if the other ones around that date will sell out because I think the, the first night is going to be the busiest in terms of that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, they've released the schedule of what's on. So... Uh, Entertainment-wise, they've got a Frozen Holiday Wish, which is repeated at oh sorry, is on at six fifteen, repeats at eight fifteen. Um, Mickey's most merry celebration on the castle stage at seven forty, nine twenty-five, ten thirty, and eleven fifty-five. You've got Club Tinsel, which is a dance party at Cosmic Rays, uh, seven till seven pm till twelve am. Uh, a totally Tomorrowland Christmas on the Rocket Tower Plaza stage. At 745, 835, 925, 1045, and 1135. Uh, another uh, show there as well is The Edge Effect on the same stage at 10 past 8, 9, 10.20, and 11.10. And Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade, 8.30 and 11 p.m. Now, that's just Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade. Why is it on twice? <laughs> uh, Minnie's wonderful Christmas time fireworks is at 10 p.m. And the uh, this is going to be tough for me to say. I right, just <laughs> gear myself up for it. Hang on. The Reindeer Wranglers are at Frontierland at <laughs> 7.15, 8.05, 9.30, 10.30, 11.45. Look, I have a lot of trouble pronouncing my R's and that, uh, the, the thought of saying that scared me. <laughs> I think I did all right. Um, so that's all the entertainment on there. Uh, Frozen Holiday Wish. That's the. Um, is that the the show they have on the castle? Yeah, that's the the lighting of the castle. Yeah, yeah. Which so you can see any night. Yeah, I was going to say like it's not just exclusive to that event, is it? So like, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure Mickey's Merry Celebration will be fun, and uh, you know, who doesn't love a, a special parade? That it's a very good pride. Yeah, that, it's that's a very good pride. That, that's one of the main reasons for me to go to these kind of things is I do like a a nice parade that you know is exclusive to it. So I'm I'm cool with that. I'm just trying to work out what the reindeer wranglers <laughs> are. <laughs> I can't say it fast, man. Um, you know, are they going to be? Is it going to be like um a cowboy thing? Are they going to be like uh, sewing reindeers, or? Yeah, I would. I would imagine it's some kind of dance troupe. Yeah, of some kind. Yeah, sounds interesting. Um, they've announced some of the complimentary treats. So this is one of the things that you get here, which you don't get at things like the um, not so scary. 
And I suppose what the justification is because they give out a few bits of candy. A few bits. <laughs> About 10 ton a night, isn't it? Well, it depends. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm talking per person. I mean, there's definitely a discrepancy in what people bring home. That's all I'm saying. Um, so we've got uh, Mickey's Santa Claus Sugar Cookie at Main Street, uh, at Market Street on Main Street. Uh, Fanta Soda and Snowman Soft Pretzels at Tortuga Tavern. Adventureland. Uh, a Ginger Molasses Cookie. So that's going to be like treacle. A ginger snap, I would imagine. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Uh, you can find that. It says the Jungle Cruise, but that's a lie, isn't it? The Jingle, jingle, jingle Cruise. cruise. God, yeah. this, this website. Um, a Snickerdoodle cookie. I can't remember what Snickerdoodle is. Is it caramel? It's yeah, it's kind of... It? It's, it's, yeah, it's still kind of like a sugar cookie, but with like a, a different flavour in. To it. Yeah, I think it's more chewy. Yeah. Like it's not quite as crunchy. Um, speaking of crunchy, peppermint crunch cookie at Miner's Cove in Frontierland. Uh, this is where I'd be hanging out. Eggnog and chocolate chip cookie at the Diamond Horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a chocolate chip cookie at Fryer's Nook. A snowman pretzel at Storybook Snacks. Hot chocolate Fanta and a snickerdoodle cookie at Pinocchio's Village Hoose. Um, did I pronounce that right, Mr. D? Uh, I think it's house. Yeah, it's, it's, it's German and not yeah. Scottish. Sorry, it's house. Village <laughs> house. Uh, so that's as good, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apple cider ginger molasses cookie at Auntie Gravity's Galactic Goodies in Tomorrowland, and hot chocolate apple cider and peppermint cookie at Cosmic Rays available as well. And characters that you can meet are uh, Main Street Santa Claus, Mickey Mouse. Jack, Skellington, and Sally. Uh, in Adventureland, the festive group of Aladdin, Jasmine, Genie, and Abu. Captain Jack Sparrow, Moana, and Peter Pan. Uh, in Frontierland, you can meet the Country Bears. At Liberty Square, you can meet Mary Poppins and Bert. Company. Cool. Cool. Uh, Fantasyland, you can meet a lot of people, actually. Ariel and Prince Eric, Rapunzel and Flynn. Uh, oh, it doesn't say... Flynn Rider. So could it be Rapunzel hanging out with uh, Kevin Flynn <laughs> or Sam Flynn? Who knows? That would be a fun mashup. Uh, Cinderella and Prince Charming, Belle, Pooh and Friends, Snow White and Prince, Aurora and Prince Philip, Elena of Avalor. Is that sort of thing? Um, yeah. Yana and Naveen and Tweedles. Who's Tweedles? Tweedledum and Tweedledee, I would imagine. Yeah, just... Mm. I've never um, heard him called Tweedles before. That's like. what I mean. No, I'm thinking if I missed a character out. Um, the Seven Dwarves, Donald Duck and Scrooge McDuck, Minnie and Daisy, Santa Goofy, Timon, Doc McStuffins, and whoa, Barina. <laughs> I mean, the Seven Dwarves, obviously, that's a big one. You get those that come out for not so scary, but you don't get them many other times. So that's a good one. Uh, Tomorrowland, you've got Reindeer and Polar Bears. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming they're costumed characters. It'd be nice if they were real polar bears. Uh, Nick Wilde and Judy Hopps as well are there. And some of the uh, festive speciality food that you do have to pay for uh, Olaf's frozen hot chocolate cake, 
which is chocolate cake layered with crispy chocolate crispy pearls, chocolate panna cotta, and marshmallow fluff. That doesn't sound frozen or hot. I think that's false advertising. Uh, This will be one to please the Trump supporters. A snowflake brownie. Chocolate brownie decorated with the tears of... No, sorry. Uh, Chocolate brownie decorated with sugar, snowflakes, and icing. Uh, A holiday Mickey cinnamon roll. A Mickey-shaped cinnamon roll garnished with red and green icing. And a white chocolate Mickey Santa hat. Carved turkey sandwich. um, Which is a cosmic rays. Uh... Turkey, bacon, gouda, chipotle, garlic, aioli, uh, lettuce, tomato on a roll. Um, for our friends in Birmingham, that's a cob. Christmas cookie milkshake. Sounds good. Uh, cookie butter milkshake topped with whipped cream and a Mickey marshmallow straw. Christmas cookie sundae. Uh, Cookie butter soft serve topped with whipped cream and chocolate sauce. Gingerbread sundae. Uh, an orange bird Christmas, which is orange scented white chocolate mousse filled with orange curd. Interesting. Almond cake Ooh. with buttercream leaves and a white chocolate piece. Uh, cherry and pistachio float. Uh, another soft serve. Uh, Kakamura float. Coconut soft serve served on top of pineapple juice. And non-alcoholic blue curico syrup, topped with a chocolate kakamora cake pop. Sounds pretty nice. Uh, Sven's carrot cake, carrot cake topped with cream cheese icing. Uh, Jolly tamale Christmas, free house-made tamales filled with shredded chicken. I was expecting another dessert. That <laughs> chicken, yeah. What? All right, okay. Um, Christmas churros, mini churros topped with red and green sprinkles. Santa Mickey Waffle Sunday, uh, Red Velvet Waffle topped with mint chip ice cream. Tis the Season, Shield Fanta Orange mixed with cranberry juice and green apple popping pearls. To be Jolly Float, a peppermint iced coffee topped with vanilla ice cream, crushed peppermint, and a chocolate Minnie Mouse bow. And finally, Deck the Halls, which is frozen eggnog topped with whipped cream, confetti sprinkles, and a chocolate bulb. I've got Chris, to be honest, I, I was going to say, I mean, that sounds pretty damn good if you ask me. Yeah. I'd be up for that. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to get through all that in one, in one Christmas party, no. would you? I wonder if they might, I mean, I don't know how successful the the kind of season ticket was for Mickey's Not So Scary. I've not seen an announcement for the Christmas party, but I wonder if they might do the same thing. Hmm. Because there's there absolutely no way uh, you could get through all of that stuff. All yeah. of those different options on one night. One night. So there you go. So if you're lucky enough to be going, that's the kind of uh, thing you can expect to see. Peters, was there anything in particular that took your fancy there? Uh, yeah, quite a lot of it. The, certainly the free stuff. I've, I've done the Christmas party the last time I, I was out there, and, and the free stuff has is, is increased massively. Before, it was just like a sugar cookie and hot chocolate. And that was it. Every single venue, that was all you could get. So that's that's fantastic that they've expanded that. But certainly some of the the Sundays, the the mint one that with the mini bow, um, grabbed my attention. Can't remember what it was called, but um, yeah, that that definitely grabbed. I'm a I'm a fan of mint flavored desserts, so that, yeah. that certainly grabbed my attention. 
likewise in fact i can't wait till we start recording this episode because i've got a chocolate um a mint mousse in the fridge <laughs> i'm just thinking about it now it's a really bad idea thanks for reminding me that it's in there <laughs> um but yeah I, I mean, i've never done um the christmas party i the last time i was there um in 2010 i think we missed it by a couple of days i remember rightly so we were there right at the end of October and we come back early into November. And I think we might have missed it by a day or two. So um, it's something that I'd like to do. And um, I, I, I don't think they, other than sold out nights, I don't think they, they generally get quite as busy as the Not So Scary from what I've been told before. No, I wouldn't um, feel that, that busy, I have to be honest. Yeah, you had to fight for a place from Pride and the fireworks, but don't you always? That's, yeah. that's yeah. just a given. Um, yeah, but we we actually got a great view of the parade. We uh we actually waited in Frontierland, right at the the exit. Yeah, and, it's a great yeah. that's a great spot. We and uh, it was perfect. Yeah, that's where we watched um, Booty You, um, yeah. which I just have to name check because it means that the song gets stuck in your head. Um, it's it's a good spot, and also as well, the other advice on that is um you know if you can, just go to the later ones. Because a lot of people don't always, especially those with with young children, um, will often try and go and see the first showing so they get to see it. So the the second time around is normally a bit quiet. It's still busy, but you normally you've got a better chance of getting a, a better viewing spot for the second one. Mm. So that's uh, that's my advice there. Um, all right, who's next, Mister D? Um, I was quite surprised to see that the Skyliner is already. Uh, knocked out its millionth uh, passenger. Well, considering it's been and down for a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was down for about a week, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, that's quite impressive, I thought. Well, I think, I mean, obviously, um, me and P-Dubs got to do it when we were there for the day. Um, mm-hmm. But we went on it purely because it was a novelty. Yeah. You know, we didn't need to. So... I wonder, it'd be interesting to see a stat of how many people are using it for, you know, actually getting around to their, you know, where they're staying and mm. how many of those people have just been hopping on it because they wanted to experience what it was like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely there's a novelty factor in there. I mean, yeah. we, we did the same. We rode it just to say that we rode it and we actually, you know, went way out of our way to do that because uh, it was our, la- our last day. And it was our only opportunity. It just opened. Well, it was the second last day. Mm. Um, it just reopened again. Um, but yeah, we, we we took a bus to Caribbean Beach just so we could then ride the Skyliner, the Epcot, and then uh, we then had to get back to Hollywood Studios. So it probably took us about two hours just for a like a seven minute ride. But, mm. uh, I was quite impressed by it. I mean, I thought it was. I think it's a, an awesome system. Uh, and it does go at a fair old rate, so a million guests in a couple of weeks, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens when it gets around to hurricane season mm-hmm. uh, next year, uh, see what they do, because obviously it's not going to be able to run the entire time. But are they going to have a scheduled close down of it? Um, are they going to just try and let it operate until something might be happening? I don't know, but that's the only kind of yeah. issue I can see with uh, yeah with but it's get 
it's kind of like the water parts, you know. They've they've got radar and they shut the water parts when lightning, thunder, and lightning's coming in. Mm. But as soon as it's gone, they open it back up again. And uh, so yeah, there'll be I'm sure there'll be periods of time, but I don't I don't think it's going to be that much in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, P Dubs, you got anything else? Yeah, I've got one more, and it's it's something that kind of me and Nick touched on during our, our live episode from Hollywood Studios. Um, I'm talking kiosks, and specifically at that point, it was DVC ones that we noticed springing up everywhere. Mm. Um, Disney have announced they're going to be opening information kiosks in Disney Springs and downtown Disney at Disneyland for Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So another addition to the, the kiosk family. Um, something we didn't know what they were for. <laughs> yeah, if there's one thing that we need, it's more kiosks, right? Yeah, definitely. We counted, what, five at Hollywood Studios just for DVC? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I gave up after that point. <laughs> yeah, mm. plus the information chaos that we didn't really know what they were for. Well, I think it clues in the name, but... Yeah, but we weren't quite sure what information they were kind of giving. No. I mean, I mean the, information, it was. <laughs> the information desk could be there to tell you where the nearest DVC kiosk is. Exactly. In fact, that's what I might do. Next time I go back, he's going to see information. Could you please tell me where I can go and find out about DVC? Um, yes, we'll, we'll talk about Disney Plus a bit later on in, in a bit more uh, detail. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, in a way, I'm surprised that they're doing this because I feel that so many people already know about Disney Plus. You know, this isn't a stealth attack thing. They're going in quite hard about this. It's been talked about for well over a year um, at this point, probably even longer than that, actually. Um, but, I mean, the details were announced about a year ago. And, you know, they've been they've been hyping it up at B23. And, um, you know, throughout the year, there's been announcements about it and obviously release dates and then, uh, the D23 offer and the offer that's with uh, Verizon, I think, is the the, the mobile yep. carrier that's offering the year free. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm surprised that they're they're adding this as well, um, just because I thought everyone would know about it by now. Um, yeah, and I, I can see because I actually had. Uh, uh, a, a bit about that myself about the one at disney springs it's uh in front of the paddlefish restaurant if anyone is is wondering um but i don't know if they're going to let you purchase it there or it is just to give you information about it um the only thing i'm a bit surprised about is that uh, and maybe this is one of the reasons why they've got it is uh, i have seen on a few disney uh facebook groups recently is people kind of asking how it works and how they'll be able to watch it, which I was a bit surprised about. I thought, you know, that would, that would have been relatively simple to figure out, but apparently not. So maybe that's, that's what these are for. Those, those kind of uh, guests that, that don't know. Um, yeah. There you go. Awful lot of content. Awful lot of content. Uh, 
Okay. Um, I was going to just mention a, a few quick bits. So uh, the the last of the outside track for Tron has been installed. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think a lot of the show building is the track in there is finished as well, but the the outdoor section is now complete. So that is well on its way and still no release date. Just uh, we know it will be done in time for the 2021 50th anniversary. Um, I mean, it's still, you know, when you look at the actual building, it still would seem there's a lot of work to be done on it. It seems like the track's all there, but the, the building still needs a lot of work. So mm. be interesting to see how quickly they can get that up. Um, you know, could it be open this time next year? I don't know. But it will definitely be open before 2021. And interestingly, on that note, apparently they've started running some of the trains again. Okay. To test it. They, apparently, they've been running them backwards. Hmm. Um, which is intriguing. And they're wondering whether that's their way around. I don't know how going a different way around the track is going to make any difference. Um, but people are saying that's possibly so they can start running them again while they're still doing construction on Tron. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to mention that. Um, the new logo has been installed at Hollywood Studios. The uh, above mm-hmm. the, the studio, on the studio archway. Um, yeah. It doesn't have the... The characters on that we saw in the um the original logo announcement so if you remember there was some um there was some some disney and pixar characters around that logo or in some of the letters it is just mm-hmm. a plain sign um i think it looks pretty good really yeah it's more in, more in keeping with the style of of a studio yes yeah it's very art deco Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and actually reminds mm. me of the the little area outside Tower of Terror in Walt Disney Studios. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with that as well. Yeah, so I don't I don't hate it. I know people never want to call it Disney's Hollywood Studios, and that's fine. Uh, but it, that's what it's called at the moment. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the sign's fine. I think it looks quite classy. So well done on that. Um, and I wanted to mention as well that uh, Mickey's going to have a new meet and greet in uh, the Imagination Pavilion next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to. Oh, hang on. It says you'll be able to meet Mickey as part of the Disney and Pixar Short Film Festival. Mm. Okay. So. Uh, and he'll be in the queue space for that at the moment. So, yeah, I, I was wondering if they were going to still continue with that, but they are. So, um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to open early in 2020 um, due to the one in in the Interventions West being demolished. Um, Mickey at Minnie Mouse, Goofy and Joy um, mm-hmm. have not had their new locations uh, announced as yet but they are expected to have temporary ones as well. So any thoughts on that from anybody? Well, they're just, mm. just trying to put some things on or maintain some things. 
as they go through all the work. Yep. Because uh, the the character, the existing character spot is is gone and it's yeah. non accessible. So. Yeah. So there's going to be a fair bit of that. Um, yeah, a bit of sort of disruption and moving things around and stuff like that. I think they've moved the pin station and uh, some of the some of the other shops. I think are going to be either shut or temporarily moved. Yeah, yeah, it's the start yeah. of things to come while um, while it's all going on, right? Yeah, and we went to see that um, exhibition, little kind of exhibition thing they've got in. The Odyssey building, they've got a they've got a setup there, which is just kind of advertising what Epcot's going to be like. Um, it's quite cool. Off a off a five ten minute visit, doesn't really tell you a lot. Doesn't give you a lot of detail. It's all kind of razzmatazz, but uh, quite well put together. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think that's that's all I had for the news as well. So, is that everyone done? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. In that case, I suppose we'd better move over to uh, things that are not going on inside the parks. Archie, let's go. What? <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit HHNUnofficial.com. Um, <laughs> so this is the outside of the park news. Um, so th- this is an odd one for me to kind of bring up, and I'll explain why. So what I wanted to talk about, first of all, is uh, Disney have had another kind of uh, disappointing release. So on the last episode, we were talking about uh, Maleficent uh, and how that had... Uh, opened quite poorly in comparison to uh, the the first Maleficent film that came out, what was it, about five years ago now or something? Um, so, I mean, it's still it's still hanging about, but, yeah, it's uh, it's it's doing a lot less than its, its predecessor. But um, they, uh, this weekend, saw the uh, release of uh, Terminator Dark Fate, Mm-hmm. Which is um, supposed to be like the, the the kind of truest sequel to Terminator Two, I suppose. It's Terminator it's, yeah, Three. Well, just ignore 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 all the other Terminator Threes. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. the real, real, honest to God Terminator Three. Yeah, this this time we mean it. Um, yeah. So yeah, because James Cameron was back producing uh, and directed by by Tim Miller. Now the reason why I said like this is what I kind of wanted to lead off but it's a bit of an odd one is because in the US it's actually been released by Paramount but everywhere else outside of the US and China it's actually um, released by Disney I think this is part of the Fox uh, the Fox deal I think Fox were originally going to be releasing it so um yeah, so it's 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 a bit of an odd one because so on, on the one hand, um, it, it is a Disney film in terms of them releasing it, but it depends where you are in the world. So um, I kind of wanted to mention it. It opened with uh, twenty nine million 
uh, which the, the forecast was uh, around about 38 or the early 40s. Mm. So, yeah, it's just another film that seems to have uh, done quite poorly. And I, I'm, I don't know if this is, you know, Disney master plan. And, you know, it's, it's not a tax write-off, but it's not letting these film releases be as successful as they possibly could be because they're not having a big marketing push behind them because they're not, you know, they were, they were pre-Disney options. I don't know. Anyone got any thoughts yeah. on that? No, you know, I've seen it. I went to see it. Um, oh, okay. What did you think? I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I mean, you know, it it's terribly a three after over aborted attempts, but yeah. it was it was it was a lot better than I expected. I didn't have high hopes. I love Terminator One and Two. Terminator Three, I absolutely detest. I think it was complete pants. Rise of the Machine. Mm. Um, was so disappointed. I was actually angry when I saw that movie. It came out angry. <laughs> it was so crap. Um, and, yeah, and then you know, then you had Genesis and Salvation. One of them was okay. One of them was was crap. Um, but this this is the best of all the sequels, as far as mm. I'm concerned. And Arnie is actually okay. And for I mean, you know, for what it is, you just gotta you just gotta treat it like a popcorn movie. It's it's quite good fun. It's quite well done. Um, Linda Hamilton's back, and I thought she was okay as well. Um, so I, I actually really enjoyed it, but I wouldn't, you know, it's not going to win any Oscars or it's not going to win any critical reviews or anything like that. It's just good fun. Yeah, I mean, even the reviews for it don't seem to be too negative. It just no. doesn't, hasn't seemed to have um, picked up. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I was going to go and see it this weekend. Oh, sorry, I was going to see it last weekend. Um mm-hmm. And I couldn't get a time that, that suited. So I ended up going to see Dr. Sleep, which uh, to our listeners, don't be confused like I was. It's not a sequel to Dr. Strange. No. Yeah. Very, very different film. Uh, very different. But I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that. And, you yeah. know, Terminators had a, a week. It opens up in America this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so Terminators had a week before that comes out. And I'm, I expect that to do quite well, being a sequel to The Shining and everything. Um, yeah. And so I, I do I do want to see Dark Fates, and I will try to go and see it. But, yeah, it's just if I mm-hmm. can find a time that, that works for me. Um, I still want to see Maleficent, actually. But I'm not mm-hmm. gagging to see it. Craig, Craig saw it, didn't he? And yep. I think Craig yeah. gave it a yeah. 7 out of right. 10. And it's one of those rare occasions where it's not already in his top films of all time, <laughs> which is quite damning, if you ask me. Yeah, um, it is. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose on the flip side, and this leads into a bigger question, um, you know, we are a few weeks away now, about a month. Uh, no, we are a few weeks away from Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, slightly longer than that, we've got, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, So, you know, Disney are going to finish this already amazing year on a high with those two Mm. films. So, 
yeah, they're not going to be losing any sleep over these films. But, you know, do we think that sometimes they're releasing this stuff knowing it's not going to be successful, knowing that other films are going to prop up? Or I, I think that's the problem yeah, I've got now. What, too many films? Yeah, you literally, it, from one, one month to another, there will be another Disney release. Mm. And this this kind of leads into my next question because I'm sure that you've seen uh, the comments from Marty Scorsese. Um, that's what I call him. We're good friends. We're yeah, going Marty. For a, yeah, a steak dinner on a yeah. Tuesday night at the Weatherspoon. Um, Marty and Franny. Marty and Franny. Um, what I liked about um, Francis Ford Coppola was this, this is a friend. Sorry. Um, this is uh, both of these were in relation to uh, Marvel, uh, Marvel films, and uh, I mean, it even got Bob Iger to speak up about them as well. What I like most about uh, Francis Ford Coppola's con- uh, comments about Marvel films is he described them as just being theme park attractions, just like the 1986 film Captain EO starring Michael Jackson, directed <laughs> by <laughs> Fran. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I thought I thought there was a bit of irony there, um, but you know, Martin Scorsese uh, came out and, and said you know similar things about the Marvel films, and he felt the the quotes were taken out of context. So um, he expanded on those in a in a in a later interview. But the point he was really trying to get at, I think, um, well, I, this is certainly the, the the main points from his second interview is that he was saying, he, he was kind of speaking about the dominance, um, not just of Disney, but Marvel, which obviously comes under Disney, um, and the fact that oh, they take up so many screens, mm-hmm. and then it's harder for other films to break through. And I've been talking about this on uh, a wrestling forum, of course, that's what you do. Um, but in, in, when we go off topic, uh, we're talking about these kind of comments and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I don't agree with everything Martin Scorsese says because he was saying that, you know, you, you don't get the emotional investment in, in Marvel films. I do disagree with that. You know, he says there's no element of danger and, and, and uh, things like that. And I think there are, maybe not as much in some films because comic films can kind of change, you know, in various ways. So bring characters back if they really wanted to. But, I still think there is that element of that in there, but I did, I did agree with what he was saying about the dominance of Disney and Marvel. And, you know, is it having a negative effect on the cinema industry? Now, the immediate answer to that, I think, is no, because, you know, you can already see from the uh, attendance this year and you know, how much films have made this year that, you know, this is going to be a bumper year for um, the box office. But having so many films come out and having so many of those films be dominating those screens does make it harder for other films to be shown. Yeah. So, yeah, it's true. you know, what, what, what do we think? Do we think... Disney should scale back in order to not be seen as this evil entity by the rest of 
um, you know, the movie industry? Are they right to make so many films and make these huge blockbusters which demand to have these screens so they're taken away from smaller independent films? Or, you know, what do we think? Well, they've got, I mean, obviously, they've invested a huge amount of money in Marvel and Lucasfilm. And, you know, they've got to, they've got to try and recoup that um, you know, quit relatively quickly. So, well, I mean, Marvel's, Marvel's paid for itself, yeah, tenfold at this point. Yeah, I can understand why they're, they're sort of making a well, the sun shines, but um, I gotta believe that they don't they don't want to make mo- movies that don't make money. So it should even itself out. It should be a supply and demand type thing. As long as the movies are making money, they keep making the movies. It does put pressure, I guess, on other movie producers, though. Um, well, yeah, yeah I, don't I, know what, I don't know what the answer to that is, though. It's a competitive world, and um, the other studios have got to put up good movies as well to compete. Well, that's it. And, you know, one of the, the, the kind of counter-arguments I had with uh, those comments is the fact that, you know, cinema, like anything else, is a supply and demand business and you know their job is to put bums on seats and you know i i think back to when i saw uh the lion king on opening night you know that screen and i was in um a 3d screen which one of the smaller ones you know it was it was jam-packed you couldn't buy it was sold out that screening and i've been to other films where you know there's been a handful of people in there and, you know, they've got overheads and costs and everything like that. Uh, and that was seeing a, a smaller independent film. So you can understand why these films are successful and why they they attract the people they do. But on the flip side, you can't really uh, get a good grasp of what other films are out there because of, of, of what's being shown everywhere else. So... You know, going back to like the Terminator thing, I couldn't get a time that worked for Terminator because it wasn't being shown on as many screens as Doctor Sleep was because that was seen as a bigger film this yeah. week. Um, Maleficent now, uh, I'm going to struggle to see because, again, it's not on many screens. It's been out a few weeks. Um, and when Frozen comes out, I, I don't even know if Maleficent will still be on. Um, and that will dominate. You know, I've, I've already booked my tickets yeah. for Star Wars and on uh, on the day Star Wars is, is released, mm-hmm. um, I think it's being shown on uh, 11 of the uh, 17 screens that they've got. Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, I, I get it. Like, people want to obviously want to see that film and their job is mm-hmm. to make sure that they, they get people to uh, see the film. But that means that anything else that's out there you know, is very limited in, yeah. you know, being able to be seen. So there's... Especially if you've still got Frozen 2 Arctic Boogaloo at the same, you know... Absolutely. ...in, in, in other screens. I mean, the, the first um, the first Frozen came out, I think, here in December, mm-hmm. and we went to see it early January, and um, it was still it was still really busy when we saw it. So, you know, th- these big films like your Frozen 2s and your Star Wars and stuff like that, they will be on for a long time. 
and probably on quite a few screens. So um, I just wonder, and this and this kind of then ties into the next bit I wanted to talk about, which is Disney Plus. I do wonder if they might start um, thinking about some of the films that they're preparing now as being put on there. And I think they already are. Mm. You just have to look at Obi-Wan. That Ewan has actually admitted they were originally meant to be films. Yes. Yeah. And they've moved them because of the backlash on too much Star Wars. Mm. And I I, I definitely think Disney Plus is going to change the game. For Disney and for everybody else. Yeah, because Disney aren't going to be producing as much for the big screen. They're going to be looking at stuff to put on the small screen. Well, yeah. I think I'm, I'm almost certain that originally Noel, which is their Christmas film, uh, was scheduled for a cinema release. Yeah, when it was first announced, um, Lady and the Tramp. I'd be surprised if when that was originally being uh, concepted, that that wasn't being earmarked as another one of the live-action remakes that was going to be seen at cinema. Um, and there's another film, I don't know what it's called now, but it's it was called at one point like Wizard Camp, I think. Um, and that was announced as being a cinema film, a cinema release, and then that's been now mentioned as being one mm. of the films that will launch on Disney Plus next year. So, mm. you know, I wonder if we are going to start seeing that where some of the films that they would have put on a big screen, they will put on Disney Plus because that's direct money to them. Yeah. And I suppose that's the other, the other part of this as well, is that, you know, when you spend £15 to go and see uh, a Disney film at your local cinema, Disney get a cut of that. They're not getting £15. You know, I can't remember how the percentages work out in the UK and it does vary around the world, but um, they get a cut of that. Every ticket you buy, they get a cut of. Well, if you're paying for Disney+, Plus and you're paying, what is it, six ninety nine a month? That's going to yeah. them directly. Mm. So mm. I wonder if that's going to be a more economic model for them. Yeah. Or, or, or both, I mean, simultaneous. So, you know, cinema, well, screen and... The, 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 uh, the, the issue at the moment or the agreement at the moment is that cinemas will only put on a film if there's a 12-week window. And what that means is that there will be no releasing of that film on home media the 12 weeks after its debut. Yeah. And we've already seen with, like, Netflix, where uh, The Irishman is coming out in limited release, but it's a Netflix original film, and that will debut later this month on Netflix. That's having a very limited cinema release. And the reason why it's limited is because cinemas don't want to give up screen space for a film that's going to be on Netflix in a matter of weeks. Yeah. But Netflix want their, their Oscar nominations. Absolutely. I think we, we're in a very interesting time because I think we are going to see... Um, a shift, a definite shift in, in how cinema and, you know, direct streaming films are, are going to be changing. 
Um, yeah. I predict in the next decade we will see day and date releases of films at the cinema and big films. Um, I think it's the future. I, I, I do, but there has to be uh, a bit of give and take from both sides. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to change the cinema industry if that happens massively. Yeah. Um, only thing is I will always choose to go and see a film on the big screen if I can. Mm-hmm. But there are yeah. plenty of films that I don't mind missing out on at a cinema. But like a thing like a Star Wars or an Avengers film, I want to see that on the biggest screen that I can with the best sound system. Yeah. But you, you smaller films, not so much. Yeah. It's, you know, it's an experience to go to the cinema as well, isn't it? Yes. Not always a good one. When you get the twat that sits beside you. Yeah. How many times have you walked out this year, Mr. Day? Uh, only once, twice. Pet Cemetery. No, yeah. I haven't hit the haven't hit the heart trick yet. Well, uh, you uh, did walk out of Avengers Endgame. Ah, well, that was different though. That was <laughs> that was a strategic move. Yeah, <laughs> I did go back and finish it. <laughs> but no, Pet Cemetery was my my angry stomach after my ice cream Sunday ended up on the carpet. Oh yes, and, yes. and other things. Tragedy. Oh no, that, no, that's right. Then there was then there was the incident. Um, well, the teenagers. Yep. But that wasn't because of the movie. That was that was because of the behaviour of yep. some some of the clients clientele. Yeah. But that's not bad. I mean, we go to the cinema most weeks, so you know, percentage wise, that's a that's a low. Teddy at the prime rate. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, I feel so good about that. Self justification. We went don't to see. To, don't need to justify it anymore. It's fine. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> you can if you want, but you know. No, no, sorry. Right. You... I was just going to say we, we went, went to see no. the aeronaut in my IMAX on Friday night. Oh, oh I was going that was to. A good experience. I was going to go, and in all honesty, I had a ticket booked, and in all honesty, I couldn't bother mm-hmm. to walk down to cinema, yeah. um, even though it was in IMAX. But uh, yeah, I've heard that's good. But again, the reason why that was shown. Uh, for that one night is because when one they announced night. one night when they announced um that that film was going to be released on Amazon Prime mm. uh, by the end of this year IMAX pulled out of the um the deal yeah so it was filmed uh, or it was planned to be an IMAX release and IMAX turned around and went no 12 week window or we're not doing it yeah. so that's why they did it as a one night special um, yeah it was definitely good on IMAX I'm, I'm not sure it would definitely lose something on the smaller screen, but yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, and just finally, before we wrap up, um, the first mm-hmm. reviews for the first Disney Plus film are in because it does launch uh, in less than a week now in America. Um, and uh, Lady and the Tramp has been uh, seen, has been previewed, and the reviews have been, it's not bad. Yeah. To be honest, it's the review seems to suggest it's just not like all dog. the other live action remakes. And it's not a dud. It's you know, no one said it's a dud, but not a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, right. I think that uh, wraps up this episode of Diz After Dark. So 
Thank you, dear listener, for uh, listening. Thank you, Mr. D and P-Dubs for joining in. And uh, we'll be back for another episode of Bizarre Dark very soon. Cheerio. May the force be with you. Why? Because we like you. Kick it! Can't get enough, can't get enough! He's the one, two, This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.